Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Today is Thursday, the 27th. Mm-hmm. Just got back from work, just had my dinner, about to go to Bible study after this. But let's try to squeeze in and a short Bible study, short look at a passage from my Bible today. What are we looking at today? Bibleplan.org. And blah, 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 blah. I think, I think, whoa, where are we? Where are we? Second John 1. Well, Second John, it only has one chapter. So yeah, we're going to be looking at Second John. Wow. <laughs> Isn't it really late where you are? Okay, all right. Well, hello. <laughs> and let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to your word again and again and again. Um, at the end of the day, um, we are always coming back to you for that reassurance, for the encouragement. So please, would you speak to us? Would you encourage us? Maybe even rebuke us, you know, at times when we need it. But most of all, please love us. Bring us back to yourselves and remind us that we are your children. We pray all this, package up all this prayer in this, you know, in, in this prayer. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> okay, Second uh, John, the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all who love, who know the truth, because the truth that abides in us and will be in us forever. So John is the elder. He's writing to the elect lady. Who's that? Well, it's talking about church, and therefore the church and her children is talking about um, this group of Christians that John is writing to to encourage um, says, whom I love in the truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth. So uh, it's a shared love. You know, all who know the gospel, all who know Jesus, have this kind of love for one another because they have this truth that lives in one another, this truth that abides in us. Verse 3, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we are commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. Hmm. Actually, now, now that she, he's addressing her as verse 5, dear lady, I am having second thoughts. Is it really talking about the church personifies the lady, or is this actually a lady? You know, I, I'm certainly not that, that sure. Um, but yeah, he's reminding them um, something that they already know. It's not a new commandment, verse 5, but one we've had from the beginning, love one another. You know, this, you find this in John's gospel. We find it in John's first letter. So the one that we just finished yesterday, he's saying the same thing to these Christians. Verse 6, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments, this is the commandment just as you heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him 
into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Oh, just another couple of verses. Such a short letter. Verse 12. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. In, instead, I hope to come to you. So, so he, he, he's writing the short letter, but he says, I'm going to be there to say more to you in person and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Okay, um, I wasn't sure in verse 5 whether he was talking to an actual lady or to the church. But verse 13, I think, tells me that he's, you know, this lady, you know, this elect lady is talking about a church. It's a personification of God's people. Again, Christ as the bridegroom and so the church as a kind of bride, you know, this elect lady. And the reason I say that is because of verse 13, the children of your elect sister greets you. So this is a letter uh, from John, but also from the church that John is writing from. He said, all of us greet you. And it's described as a sister church. Um, yeah, so I think, okay, I, I take that back. I think this is talking about another church. But why is he writing to this church? Um, is he just saying, hello, you know, how are you doing? You know, haven't seen you for a while. Uh, he, I think there is a warning embedded in verse 8. And verse 8 says, watch yourselves so that we may not lose what we've worked for. So there's this kind of danger of losing is it their faith, losing the gospel, losing Jesus? And what could this danger be? And it talks about this combination of teaching, you know, knowing the gospel and being taught the gospel and living out the gospel. So I think two things. I'm more into teaching. Apparently, um, there are those who might be coming who to teach them a false gospel. So verse 7, many deceivers have gone out into the world. They do not confess Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and the antichrist. And then it sandwiches at the end again. I say sandwich because the core center is this warning again, you know, make sure you don't lose this. But in the beginning and the end of this core teaching, there's this, there are these deceivers in the first bit and the second half of the sandwich, this is verse 10. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him. So to guard themselves against those who come to teach them something that is contrary to the gospel. And it's quite a specific. It says here that do not believe that Jesus Christ is in the flesh. Um, some describe this as something called Gnosticism, you know, um, where there's this kind of higher knowledge. And therefore, the flesh is bad. And therefore, the flesh is sinful. And the idea that Jesus would come in the flesh, you know, that, that just abhor that just doesn't make sense to them because they want to get rid of the flesh. They want to go into this higher knowledge. But that goes against the gospel teaching that Jesus came and humbled himself and took on flesh. I mean, he took on our humanity so that he could take on our sin and die on the cross for our sins. It says, and so it's describing people who think that they're you know, like smarter. Not that they, they, they are beyond the flesh, beyond our thinking. But in so doing, they've abandoned the faith. So that's the first thing, this teaching to watch out for that, for something that kind of takes away something from the gospel. You know, Jesus is humanity and therefore Jesus is sacrifice on the cross. But secondly, there is this um, talk about love. And this is the character of this teaching. 
and and uh, he he talked about this in the beginning in you know, verse 5 again not a new commandment one we've had from the beginning that we love one another in verse 6 this is love that we walk according to his commandments and so to have this teaching to know the gospel is to live this gospel out in love yeah it's as simple as that and you think it'll be really obvious but um you know it might not it might not be sometimes you know people who know the gospel and they know it really well and they know it notionally they know it uh, intellectually um it doesn't connect with them that therefore they're meant to live out this gospel in a loving and generous they, they, it doesn't make sense to them that they should bear fruit to the gospel but rather they think the little bit that they know needs to mean that they meet, need to appear smart they need to appear um, higher or you know more lofty than all the people who don't know and so there's an element of pride there of this self-deception and a corrective towards that and i think this applies to all of us because it is an amazing thing to know the gospel to say that you know god you know this plan of god and it can go to your head it can cause you to you know to, to misunderstand the gospel and the corrective against that is love you know, to know that God loved us in this sacrificial, in this humble way. And therefore, if we have this love, we have this knowledge of this love, we too should love one another with this same love. And it's just worth saying, it's not that you love one another and therefore God will love you. You don't earn your salvation. Um, and so that, that too is a misunderstanding of this love. But that love itself is a fruit. The fact that God loves you will cause you to love other people. And one way of knowing that is that you end up loving not just the lovable, but the people who are difficult to love, you know, the people who are inconvenient for you to love. And uh, the moment you do that, you realize just how inconvenient and how difficult it is for God to love us. Yeah, and so I think I think, I think that's it. I think that's kind of the core of it. You know, at the core of it, John wants us to hold on to the teaching of the gospel and warns us that there are those who deny it. And, you know, please, you know, be on the watch for them. Don't entertain such teachers who um, claim a higher knowledge but deny the basics of the gospel. But secondly, there is to be this character. You know, if you claim that you know this gospel, you hold on to this, that you know this, and that you're not led away by false teaching, then one way of knowing that is not just saying, oh, you know all these verses and you're, you're able to quote it in different language. No, you love one another. You, you realize just... The magnitude of God's love towards you, and therefore, so that's that's my vacuum. You 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 manifest the same love. It overflows in your life towards others, and it causes you to give glory to God. It displays Christ's love in your life, but also it just reassures you that you have this truth, you have this love, and you do know God. Um, yeah, Second John. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna leave it there. Okay. Let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these reminders of your gospel, your glory, your love through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we need this. I think um, we may not realize how tempting it is to forsake just the simple truth of the gospel for, um, for some kind of higher knowledge that makes us feel better about ourselves and make us feel distinct and loftier from everyone else. Help guard us against that kind of pride. And help us, Lord, to love. We confess it is hard at times to love others. It is tiring. 
involves sacrifice. Thank you that you loved us in this way. Thank you that Jesus gave his life to display just what this love looked like. And thank you that because of his commandment to love, uh, in our obedience to you, and as that kind of fruit of the Spirit in us, um, we are able to display some small measure of that love in our own lives towards others. So, thank you again for this word of reminder, of encouragement, of hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me. This has been the Daily Bible Reading Show. We've just looked at Second John. Take care. God bless. Goodbye.